Welcome to the Cowboys Beat and Friends Podcast, streaming live every Wednesday on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where Chris brings along a friend and discusses everything going on with America's team. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Hosted by none other than Chris K. Throws it down the field. It's caught at the 10, and this game is over. The Cowboys win it. CD Lamb. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. Second and 15. Good throw, and it's intercepted. He's got another one, and he's got a field ahead of him. Diggs is going to take it to the end zone. Unbelievable. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat and Friends podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Cowboys Beat and Friends podcast for August 31st, 2022. And today I have a special guest with me. He is G. Hampton. He is the host of the Cowboys Huddle. Introduce yourself, Jay. Well, hello, Cowboy Beats and all to all your supporters. Uh, I am G, the number one Cowboy fan, Hampton. I am the uh, sole uh, overseer of the uh, Cowboy Huddle on YouTube. Uh, we've been around for probably about uh, four years now, but we're just now really getting into the groove of actually moving forward and getting really into depth with our Cowboys. So I just want to say, hey, thank you for having me on, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to be doing this with you, man. I, I appreciate the time. Absolutely, Gene. I really appreciate you for coming on. As soon as I started this podcast, you were one of the first people I was going to bring on. I think wow. that you are, an, you are an awesome fan, and you guys do a great job over there on Cowboys Huddle. I've been on your show a few times, and I and and I will be on your show in the next next few weeks um, for sure. <laughs> uh, so, if you guys haven't heard already, Cowboys beat tonight will be live next Tuesday night at eight central time on youtube twitch and tiktok the best ways to watch it are going to be on youtube and twitch so make sure to check that out follow me on all my social media pages tiktok twitter instagram and twitch youtube cowboys beat on all those platforms and gee where can they find you at well, they can find me on the Cowboy Huddle. Uh, I go by the name of G, number one Cowboy fan, Hampton. Also, you can find me on um, TikTok, uh, G underscore one Cowboy fan as well. That's where you can find me. Awesome. So if you guys don't already, make sure to go follow them on those platforms. So the Cowboys have released their initial 53-man roster. Now, we need to take into account that this is just the initial 53-man roster. This is most likely will. This is not going to be the team that's going to be on the field against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As we can tell, Tyron Smith is on this roster. He's going to be on IR. He won't be on uh, this roster coming up. And right now, the Cowboys don't have any backup quarterbacks. So what is your takeaway from the initial 53-man roster? Well, right now, and I thought that was kind of strange. I'm like, wow, they got rid of both, uh, all three of our backups, which uh, personally, I, you know, it was one of those things. It's like I really didn't see any one of the the three actually pull away from the other. So it was kind of like maybe they they release all three because maybe there's somebody on the waiver wire that they probably feel that's more experienced, more of a veteran that can come in and fill that role. Or maybe they have to go through some uh, uh, situations where they got to put a couple of people on IR to make room to bring those guys back. So we might not have heard the last of Cooper Rush or Will Greer. So it's still a possibility they could come back, but uh, time will tell. It's still early. See, what's funny is out of the guys, out of all the quarterbacks that they had on like going for the backup quarterback, 
uh, role. Right. I thought that the best out of those three, the best option. Now, I I would I agree with what the Cowboys did. I would just cut all three of these guys <laughs> and go find another guy on the waiver wire. I actually like Ben DiNucci out of all three of these guys because here's the here's the reason why I say Ben <laughs> DiNucci over these guys because Cooper Rush and Will Greer are more like pocket passer quarterbacks. Will Greer's kind of in between pocket passer mobility, but I I think that. Both of them aren't good pocket passers, and I don't think Ben DiNucci is either, but I think that Ben DiNucci brings uh, another dimension to your offense that those guys don't. At least Ben DiNucci can run around and he has a big arm. So that's why I like Ben DiNucci over the other guys, but I agree with what the Cowboys did. I didn't like any of these guys. I think that there are other quarterbacks out there on the waiver wire. Now, I can't name them off the top of my head. I know people are going to say Cam Newton. The Cowboys should not sign Cam Newton. They're not going to sign Cam Newton. No, so get no. that idea out of your out of your head. Not they're not I signing am. Cam Newton. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I trust in the Cowboys. They're not going to go out there in the first game and not have a backup quarterback. That would be crazy if, if they did that. There's no way that's going to happen. Facts, facts. Yeah, you know what? And if you look at the stats – Cowboy beat. Danucci was doing most of the delivering throughout throughout the preseason games. So, I mean, as far as the throwing the touchdowns, uh, he had that. He kind of got resem- resembles Tony Romo when he scrambles. We did see the Tony Romo fumble, pick up, and release the ball. So, um, I, I have to agree with you to a certain extent on that. I mean, I thought Ben Danucci, as far as when you look at the stats, he uh, threw more touchdowns. He was like he was more precise. It just with Cooper Rush, it just seems like Cooper Rush, his release, his timing was off. I just, you know – I, I agree. It, it would have been Will Greer or it would have been Ben DiNucci, one of the two. But I really like Ben DiNucci and what he had brought to the table. And Will Greer, I would even say this. There were times where Will Greer had could have had two more touchdowns. He had that Facts. missed throw to Peyton Hendershot. Uh, Peyton Hendershot was open. Bad timing. He missed an opportunity there. That pass to Jalen Tolbert, even though like I gave Jalen Tolbert some crap for not coming down with that with both feet inbounds, that was a late ball. And if he would have thrown it that a- earlier, he would have scored a touchdown. So that was my problem with Will Greer. And the thing I really liked about Ben DiNucci is Ben DiNucci to me went out there and – I know it might sound bad when it's your quarterback, but he went out there and played like there was no tomorrow. I love that in Ben DiNucci. He played like there was no tomorrow. And you want to know what? It's because there was no tomorrow for Ben DiNucci. (laughs) Exactly. I, you know, out of all the guys on the roster, granted they kept none of them, but if they were going to keep anybody, I thought Ben DiNucci was the guy. Um, Another takeaway that I get from this 53-man roster is that the Cowboys are all in on this draft and develop mindset that they have. This philosophy that they've adopted a few years ago, draft and develop, it took a precedent when they were building this roster. And it's it, it really stood out to me when they kept a guy like John Ridgway and Devin Harper, a fifth and sixth round pick. Not only that, they kept, I believe, two undrafted free agents as well with Peyton Hendershot and Marquise Bell. So they're really going forward with this philosophy. And I, I appreciate that they're doing this, but I mm-hmm. also think that it, it might be a detriment for them because facts, you know, like 
it's okay to draft and develop mindset and giving young guys a chance if it's like a receiver is going to be out for like two or three games. But when you're talking about your left tackle, who you're thinking about maybe replacing with Josh Ball, I mean, I grant it's most likely not going to happen, but that's when it becomes a detriment to where it's like, no, you can go out there and sign a veteran. Um, but I don't think that the Cowboys are really in the market for that. They're all in on this draft and develop mindset. Yeah. And you know, uh, Cowboy beat. I, I I agree with what you're saying, and also it's it's kind of it's kind of mind boggling how they're going about doing this. I mean, we have issues right now. How we did not go and address the issue at the left tackle position. I mean, we we even we didn't really give Tyler Smith any reps throughout the training camp to kind of give him a feel of that position. We went more with the ball, um, Josh Ball, and well, let's go. But now here we are. We knew. We we had a situation, an issue at left tackle, but we never addressed it. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at at odds with that. Also, with our, you know, like you're saying, with these undrafted uh, free agent, these late round draft picks. I mean, look at we Dennis Houston made the team. That so, was another guy I forgot that I forgot that you know, as well. So my question is really where we are with this lack of experience. I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. Is, is especially with the receiver position, uh, with the Jalen Tober, with the Dennis Houston. Are they will the stage be too big for them for these first few games? You know, so the, I, I agree with you. I'm 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 kind of concerned as well, just as well as you are. So, so what I will say is, if they're going to go young at any position. It should be the receiver position, and here's the reason why. Okay. Because they have a very strong leader throwing them the football. They have True. a very mature player in Dak Prescott leading these guys. So I think that Dak's going to tell them, look, just follow my lead and don't let the moment be too big for you. Yeah. And, I, you know, these kids have talent, man. Like Jalen Tolbert has talent. Simi Fioko has talent. Dennis Houston has talent. So I, I understand why they're going young at receiver. And – People were saying that the Cowboys should go out there and sign another receiver. But the problem is, like, when Michael Gallup comes back and James Washington come back, now your wide receiver room is a little too crowded. I mean, at that point, like, Simi Fioko could potentially be your maybe second or third receiver starting the season. I mean, there's people out there that are saying that he could potentially be the second wide receiver on this team. So when you bring Gallup and Washington back, now you're really knocking them down the depth chart. And if you were to go out there and sign a guy like Will Fuller, or whoever it may be in free agency, mm-hmm. then you're, you know, a guy like Simi Fioka is not even seeing the field. You're going to have to cut Dennis Houston. Jalen Tolbert isn't going to get as many targets. So I understand where the Cowboys are coming from when they're hesitant to sign or see. I don't think they're going to sign yeah. another receiver. And not only so, that, Cabante Turpin as well. That's another guy who, you know, he's a young guy that's in this receiver core right now. So, yeah, there. I think if there's – any position that they were going to go young at, I think that the perfect position would be wide receiver. However, we're going to talk about Tyler Smith later, but I agree with what you're saying about yeah. Tyler Smith. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. So, um, and and I think it's going to be growing pains. If we're talking about Tyler Smith, I think it's going to be growing pains. I mean, we have to expect – 
that there will be a couple of penalties behind, you know, him learning his position, but it's growing pains. If he can just maintain, if he can just maintain and hold, hold that position um, and protect Dak just a little bit to get the ball off. I'm not really worried about the run blocking. It's just more of the pass blocking that I'm concerned about, you know, and I, and it's growing pains. I know it's going to be growing pains, but um yeah, I just I'm just a little um, baffled that we never addressed that issue because I really don't think Josh Ball is going to be the answer. Oh no, I don't I I don't think so. At least not right now. Not right now, now. Josh Ball is was a guy that they looked at and said, "Hey, look, he's he's a guy that we're going to redshirt and we're going to wait a year or two and we're going to try and develop this guy." He had some traits to him that the Cowboys really liked, which is why they picked him up in the 4th round in 2021. I mean, like the Cowboys with their draft picks, every pick matters to them. So, them drafting this kid, you know, it meant something. And I still think that they have hoops for Josh Ball going in the future. Yeah. It's just it's just not the immediate future. Right. I, I totally agree. And I and I think there's room for growth for him as well. I mean, he's a big you know, when I went to the training camp here in Frisco and I watched uh, Josh Ball, he's just him and Walesco both are about the same size as Tyron Smith. They're big guys. They are huge. So I think it's just more technique and more reps, you know, as as you know, he gets on the field throughout, throughout practice. But I think he, in due time, we'll probably be able to uh, rely on him later on down the line sometimes. Yeah, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on Josh Ball. And the reason why I'm not giving up on and now, now I'm giving up on him for this season. I don't want to see him on the field this season. He's not ready. But, <laughs> right. you know, like Terrence Steele, all of a sudden he just became a very solid right tackle just out of nowhere. Sure. So, you know, I'm not saying that that's going to happen to Josh Ball, and that's not a very normal occurrence. What happened with Terrence Steele? But right. you know, Josh Ball, he has some traits to him, and and the Cowboys were high on him. It, it not this season. He's not ready this season. But um, it's funny we talked about Tyler Smith. I think that that's a perfect segue into our next topic. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Tyler Smith playing left tackle? Well, I think it's possible. I mean, I think that's why we drafted him because he is a dual dual player. He can play the guard. He can also play the tackle. I think uh, playing the guard position is less responsibility as the tackle position. Um, but I, I really think that he will fit that role uh, versus going out and trying to find someone else to come in and trying to get them acclimated to the the, the playbook. But I, I think I really do feel that Tyler Smith could step in again. Like I say, it will probably be growing pains, but uh, eventually he'll get the hang of it. And I think we'll be OK. I really do. I think we'll be OK. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. And the one thing that the Cowboys are going to have to do with Tyler Smith is like I was talking about Josh Ball, right? Like mm-hmm. how the Cowboys were going to be able to work around Josh Ball. And the way you work around a guy like that is you send a running back to like on passing downs, right? If the linebacker is not blitzing, you send the running back his way. You send extra tight ends his way. Right. You do whatever, you know, right. you do whatever you could possibly do to cover up that weakness on your line. Right. However, there comes a point in a game where the left tackle has to hold their own, where Anybody on the offensive line has to hold their own. That was my concern about Josh Ball. So, you know, I, I think that Tyler Smith will be fine at left half. Yeah. He, he'll be fine. And 
like they spent this whole entire offseason training him at left guard. Now what the Cowboys can do is now he has that positional flexibility. You saw that he can be a very solid left guard. Granted, it was only preseason, but I'll make the case straight up and down. That talent that he played against in preseason was the best talent he's ever Ooh, played against. That's, that's true. That's, of course. Best talent that he's ever played against. And he held his own and he looked dominant from time to time. And he's only a 21-year-old kid. He's only going to get bigger. Like, he's already massive. Like, just imagine. Like, his technique is not 100% there. But it's 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 good enough that his strength is going to be able to take over. Like, at the offensive on the offensive line, strength, if you have strength and you're, like, almost there with technique, you can mm-hmm. work with that. There, right. there might be some bumps in the road. There might be some holding calls, some false starts, whatever yeah. it may be. But you can work around that. So now what the Cowboys can do with Tyler Smith is, let's just say in next year's draft, there's a, a, a tackle that they really like, whether it be in the first or second, whatever it may be. There's a tackle that they really like. And um, now what they can do is they can say, hey, we'll go draft that tackle. Tyler Smith, you move to left guard. Or yeah. – Hey, we really like this left guard. Tyler Smith stay at left tackle. So I options, think that options they, right. they have options with Tyler Smith. So this mindset that it was just a waste that they trained him at left guard, it, it's not a waste. They now have options going forward, which is a good thing for the Cowboys, definitely. Yeah. And you know, when you say when you say the competition that he's faced, um, assuming you're saying our defense, right? No, I mean, I mean the uh, um like that, I mean, yeah, our defense definitely, but like that. I mean, going against them every day and 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 practice. I mean, that oh, is yeah. that's that's a great uh, uh, learning tool for him to go up against our defense. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, oh, man. That defense, man. I, I can't. I, I <laughs> that's can't a whole wait. different topic. Ooh, I can't wait to see that defense, man. That defense is gonna be crazy this year. Um, but- yeah, what you, as you were but saying. like you like you say, you know, when you say competition, he has faced some of the toughest t- competition out there. And like I say, and I say that to say starting with our defense and the, and the guys that he had to go up against in training camp. So that is a, a great lesson for him to go up against uh, Sam Williams and all these other guys, uh, you know, that that's that's playing on the opposite side of him. So that's a great teacher for him. But again, you know, uh, it's early. He's going to have to get, you know, his feet up under him and and get the reps and but like I say I, I agree with you I think he'll be he'll be fine later on in the season oh yeah oh yeah definitely and you want to know it's funny like when I'm when I'm talking about like you know hey send a running back over them if the linebacker is not blitzing you might need to throw that that game plan like out of the just the running back position out of the book because when they play Tampa game one Tampa has one of the best pass rushing linebackers in the entire league in Devin Thanks. White so Ezekiel it's going to have to keep his eyes out for him the entire game so uh yeah it's it's definitely going to be a good test for him week one but outside of that you know they play the Bengals week two Trey Hendrickson cave I don't know if Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be playing when they play the Cowboys but you know they're not going to be playing against like uh, other than the guys that I just mentioned. Outside right. of that, they're not going to be playing, you know, the best defensive. Like they're not going to be playing like T.J. Watts or Miles Garrett types this right. season. So I think that the Cowboys are going to be able to get away with that most definitely. So on to our next topic. Michael Gallup has passed his physical. He will not be on the uh, physically unable to perform list, which makes him available for. You know, he, he doesn't have to 
sit out those first four games. So when do you think Michael Gallup returns? Well, you know what? Let me say this here and big shout out to our surgeon, our Dallas Cowboys surgeon. I can't think of his name, but Brown, he is, I believe it is. Yeah, he is known as the best surgeon in the country. There are players that come from other teams to uh use him as the surgeon to for re- especially ACL, MCL and all that type of repair. Uh, my son actually had uh, uh, experienced uh, an ACL injury and basically sure enough, he's that type of doctor that um, his, 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 his work is so great that a lot of players return a lot faster than expected. And sure enough, I'm not surprised because I expected that that um, Gallup would be back by week four, week five. A lot of people was thinking, oh, week seven, week eight. No, this guy, he's going to be back by no later than week four, which that's great news. I mean, that's really great. And that's what, you know, that was one thing that we were talking about earlier. Once Gallup returns, we're ready to boogie with this receiver core. C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. Not many duos in the league better than that. They're definitely a top 10 duo in this league. There's no doubt about that. That's a really good duo at wide receiver. I love Michael Gallup, man. He's one of my favorite players on the Cowboys. When he's playing, man, he is a dangerous receiver. He brings a dimension to that offense that at the current moment, they just don't have. Yeah. And, you know, I think if if our if Dennis Houston and Jalen Tober can at least maintain until Gallup gets back and then with the chemistry kick in and then we can create this uh, uh, this uh, tandem of various run, uh, wide receivers to where we don't have to worry about. CD uh, CD Lamb being double coverage at anything, but so if our, our our young receivers can just maintain until Gallup gets returns, I think we'll be fine. Oh yeah, no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind. And then once we have Gallup back and we have James Washington back, yeah, to go along with Jalen Tolbert, Simi Fioko, Cavante Turpin. I mean, right now the wide receiver room doesn't look that great. But by the end of the season, I think we're we're speaking a completely different tone about this wide receiver room. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, and you know James Washington was one. I mean, and I have to, I had to confess to the guys that comes on my uh, What's Up Wednesday night, and uh, you know I'm just not a I'm I don't I don't have much dealings with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, so <laughs> so even though knowing that James Washington was over there, I was I used to always tell the guy, ah, I don't care anything about James Washington until I went and watched his highlight when he was at Oklahoma State. And I'm like, whoa, this guy, <laughs> I mean, he takes the top off the defense, man. And, and so sure enough, right when I told the guys on What's Up Wins, I said, hey, guys, guess what? I'm pulling for James Washington. I'm pulling for him. And – a week later, he broke his foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's un- it, 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 it's it's unfortunate, man. And you want to know it's funny? Pittsburgh picked him in the second round. The one position that Pittsburgh drafts really well at is wide receiver. So I think there's something there. Um, you know, he was in a very loaded wide receiver room this past season: Juju, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and not only that. Ben Roethlisberger was a complete shell of himself. He was not the yeah. same guy. So that was a problem that he ran into. I still think like when James Washington returns, he can be a, a very solid player for this team. He might not be a superstar or anything like that, but he could be a steady wide receiver. You put him in there with Dak. I feel good about that. I do. 
I agree. I totally agree. Like Again, like I said, after watching his highlight and from when he was at Oklahoma State, I was like, man, this kid here can fly. I mean, he won the Beliknikov Awards back uh, when he was in college. This guy set some records. And uh, he, I think he surpassed Dez Bryant, if I'm not mistaken, or he tied with Dez Bryant or something of that nature. But again, I, I, I saw him being in that slot position along with Gallup. And CD, oh my gosh, that's a tandem right there. I mean, that could be dangerous. So it's funny that you brought up the slot position. I think that Tony Powered is going to get a lot of reps at slot this upcoming season. You want to know what's interesting? The Cowboys didn't sign a traditional slot receiver this year. Usually they have a guy like that going into the season. They don't have a guy like that this season. So that makes me think that they're going to run a few people out there at slot. I think that CD's going to get some a lot of reps at slot this upcoming season. Tony Powered's going to get reps. Kevante Turpin and... Um, James Washington when he returns. What do you think about them not signing a slot going into this year? And do you think that means that a guy like Tony Pollard is going to get more snaps at slot? Well, you know what? After we saw what Debo Samuel did to us last season, I think that turn, that a light switch went on with, with Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy more to where, hey, we got a guy that's, that that's, could probably do the same thing or portray the same position as uh, Debo Samuel. So I think uh, Killamore uh, is going to implement more plays for Tony Pollard. Now hearing from Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, and I, you know, I know Jerry Jones, the owner, but it didn't come from Mike McCarthy, but Jerry Jones said, well, yeah, we could probably use him on slants and, you know, up and out routes or whatever, but he's not, too impressed of seeing him play over 60, 70% at slot. So, but we need to do whatever it takes to, to get these wins. And I think that'll be a great position for Pollard to, to, to play the slot more. Um, Now you have a two headed monster with Zeke in the backfield and you have Tony Pollard in the slot along with CD and my, oh, that's, you still have the weapons that you had last year, basically. And, and that's what I was talking about. Like the Cowboys lost some talent this offseason. And that's something that I'll, we'll actually get into after this. We'll talk about Amari Cooper mm-hmm. for a second. Okay. Um, they lost talent this, this past offseason. But I think that the Cowboys were so talented that some of the talent that they had last season went underutilized, like Tony Powered. I'll even sit here and say this. CeeDee Lamb was underutilized last season. You look at Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, I'm not saying he's as talented as them. He's a, a, maybe a tier below them. Like He is almost as talented as both of those guys. I think that both of those guys went into a situation where they were the man as soon as they walked into that room. CeeDee Lamb's situation was different because he went into a room with Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. So I think that now that CeeDee Lamb is the number one wide receiver on this team, I think next season we're going to look back and we're going to say, like next season, I think that by this time we're going to be like, hey, look, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, he might be in those tiers with those guys. Like 1,400 yards to me is definitely not off the table with C.D. Lamb. Yeah. And you know what? And you said you, you have mentioned something and you said un- un- underutilized. And that is so true. This is the year that Kellen Moore is going to have to utilize. He's going to have to open up the playbook because really and truly, Cowboy Beat, I really think Mike McCarthy fate lies in the hands of Kellen Moore. I oh, mean, yeah. 
You know what I mean? I, I really think Kellen Moore is going to have a lot to do uh, with Mike McCarthy staying or leaving this organization. But he has because I really felt that last year was the year that we should have made a strong push. But again, like you mentioned, a lot of our players was underutilized. So he's going to have to figure out a way to get everyone involved, move the change, everything. You know, I saw something um what was it in the last preseason game? And I just don't, and I'm, I'm not trying to get off the topic, but talking about Keller Moore, um, for whatever reason, I don't know why he does this. We could be in short yardage. It could be second and three and you'll find him in shotgun. I'm like, why are we in? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> he's, so, the perfect, he's the perfect example of a young coordinator who j- just tries to get too cute with it. Just run the football. Yeah, and, and that's my problem with Callum Moore. He gets way too cute with things. He's married to his team. Yes. Like in that 49ers game, CeeDee Lamb was one-on-one uh, against whoever he was going up against, right? Just get him the ball. Deviate from your scheme. That's something Deviate. that Callum Moore doesn't like doing. He's too cute with it. But back to your point. But And that's the thing. And just like what you're saying, get, get CeeDee the ball. Now, one thing I did say in training camp, and one thing about Mike McCarthy, he, everything he does, he does situational uh, football. You know, he'll cut, you know, they'll be on the field. He'll say second and second and 13, a minute left in the, you know, left in the third quarter, whatever. So you would think Keller Moore would script his plays to situational, but it's just like, we continue to see the same old thing. You know, it's like we're afraid to throw the ball downfield. We'll do the little dinks and donks. But, you know, um, and that's like you say, just a, a young coordinator. But, again, I think uh, a lot rides on Keller Moore and utilizing the weapons that we have. It's, it just doesn't make sense to have so many weapons and not use them to their full ability. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, you want to know what? It's funny that you brought up the Mike McCarthy uh, situation. I think that Mike McCarthy should be just as involved in the offense as Kellen Moore. Here's Why isn't thing. he? Here's, here's the thing, right? Like <laughs> To me, the struggles that this offense had, a lot of people are going to blame Kellen Moore, and they're right for doing so. Mike McCarthy, to me, doesn't escape any blame. You're an no. offensive-minded head coach. I don't know what was going on with him possibly making adjustments or whatever – Whatever happened. But to me, he takes just as much blame as Callum Moore does. And I think that, unfortunately, people are relieving him of that accountability. But I think that – but they are blaming him for the penalties and, you know, rightfully so. Management, yeah. But he needs to be – he needs to take just as much accountability for the downfall of that offense last year as Callum Moore does because this has his name written all over it. Yeah, and that's where we are. Again, you know, this has been the question since he's been here. You know, this guy's an offensive-minded uh, coach, and he held, he holds his playbook right there in his hand, but there's no engagement. You know, even when Dak has a bad series, I don't see Mike McCarthy walking over there to Keller Moore or talking to uh, Dak and say, hey, you know, let's go with this. Let's try to. There's no engagement with Keller Moore or Dak Prescott throughout the game. And it's just kind of odd to be a offensive uh, minded coach and not engage. But that's the question that remains to be answered. We don't know why he's not engaged. Could it be that Jerry Jones have, hey, well, we know why, because when Mike McCarthy got here, he said we want to keep Keller Moore. So I don't know the relationship between Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones, and Keller Moore as far as his agreement. It just, it's kind of odd. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a really weird situation what they have with this <laughs> yeah. coaching staff right now. It's weird to say the least. You know, they they might have their next coach on this staff. They have another guy that they're maybe thinking about while they also have Mike McCarthy. It's just it's it, it's a carousel. But you want to know what the one way Mike McCarthy can get rid of these talks? You want to know what that one way is? What is that? Take a guess. Win a Super Bowl. Not only just not not even just win a Super Bowl. That'll <laughs> definitely take that talks away. Yeah. Win. Yeah. Win games. Just win. Win games. If 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 you want this sh- and granted, Mike McCarthy's been a very good sport about the Sean Payton and Dan Quinn talks. Uh it doesn't I mean it probably does get to him a little bit, I would assume so. But if Mike McCarthy, if if it's annoying you, win games. And Do something just, about it. Not just win games against the NFC East. We we all know that the Cowboys could definitely win this division. There's no doubt about it. I think that they're going to run away with the division just like they did last year. Um, it's not about just winning the NFC East, though. No. You got to go in big games. Like, they have multiple big games this season. Oh, yes, we and do. To, to start Green off Bay. the season, if they don't start the season with one win against Tampa Bay or Cincinnati, I don't care if Michael Gallup's not playing. I don't care what you do and what you don't have. You have to get a win against one of those teams. Those are two. Granted, they're they're not easy wins. Uh, Obviously not. They're not easy wins. But you can win those games. So there's no doubt in my mind that you should be able to win one of those games. But he needs to win big games for this team. And it needs to follow into the postseason. And it needs to amount in not, not... a Super Bowl, like if the Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl this year, perfectly fine with it. It is what it is. But get somewhere. We Take need to be moving up the ladder. Forward. Yeah. Take some steps, some steps forward. forward. If they yeah. win a playoff game, I'll be like, all right, you know, that's fine. We'll give him another year, whatever it may be. But he needs to win games in the playoffs. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They had a more talented team than San Francisco. If Granted, San Francisco was a tough matchup. They were a hot team, and it showed. I mean, they could have won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. They really could have. Yeah, but so could we. We could have as as well. Exactly. There was no excuse. I mean, the Cowboys had enough talent on that team last year to win the whole damn thing. Yeah. So to not even win one game in the playoffs last year, yeah, I'm going to look at the coach. And not only that, Cowboys probably should have won two more games last season, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of it had to do with Mike McCarthy. You remember that Raiders game where he went for two instead of kicking a field goal and they didn't convert on the two point conversion. And guess what? They tied and they went into overtime and they lost. We like, lost. That's a game right there that uh, Mike McCarthy, McCarthy coaching decision cost them the game. You know, so. Yeah, Mike McCarthy's definitely on the hot seat. And yeah, Kellen Moore's name's definitely attached to him. There's no yeah. ifs or buts about it. So is there any last thoughts that you want to have before we well, move on? I want to ask you this topic? question. I want to ask you this, Cowboy Beach. So what happens if we go one and three in the first four games? Do you think Mike McCarthy's job would be jeopardized or do we just continue to play out the season? And that one be- game in the one game we win, it would be against the Giants. <laughs> That's that's a good point. I think it would take more than more than a one and three record though. If it gets to one and five, then we could be talking. <laughs> we could be talking at that point. But I don't I I don't see that happening personally. Yeah, I um, hope not. I really hope not. I, I, I don't think P 
people are giving Washington enough credit going into the season. Like, I think that Washington can be dangerous next season. I mean, they they didn't really lose anybody going from last season, and they made a significant upgrade at quarterback. Like, granted, Carson Wentz isn't like a top quarterback in this league, but he's a significant upgrade over what they had. And you remember when Taylor Heineke was playing leading into that Cowboys game, they were on a little bit of a hot streak there. They were feeling themselves. And then what happened? They played the Dallas Cowboys and they got beat down. But that's besides the point. (laughs) Washington this season. I mean, they have they have the best quarterback that Terry McLaurin's ever had throwing him the football. I think he could be in for a big season. I don't think I think people are so caught up in what Philly has that they're not giving Washington enough credit. And right. I think people need to need to talk about Washington because I yeah. think they have a, a solid team over there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm not taking any one of those teams in the NFC East lightly because you got to remember the New York Giants picked up the offensive coordinator from the Buffalo Bills. So oh, yeah. we, might, we might not see the same Giants team. So, I mean, I know we say, oh, well, we ran through them last year, both games, but eh, this is not the same coach. So I'm sure this guy has something up his sleeve. So we can't take anybody lightly in, in our division. But again, like you mentioned earlier, we have to win big games. Exactly. And, and Kellen Moore has to I hope he has watched enough film to figure out how to beat the the what is the cover to the shell defense, because Denver exposed us to that. They, they, they exposed us and hopefully he's figured out how to maneuver past that defensive scheme, because I'm sure everybody's going to try to use it against us. Oh, no, certainly. Yeah. De- definitely. When you look at the division, though, do you think it's the Cowboys' division to win? Yeah. Or to lose, I mean? To lose, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like, if to, for them to lose. And only uh, that's, and it, it falls on the Dallas Cowboys. And, and honestly, like, I look at all the teams in the division and they've improved. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Eagles have improved. Washington improved. New York has improved. And yeah, the Cowboys, they did lose some guys last season. But here are the two people that are the most important on the Cowboys from a you know player standpoint, mm-hmm. Doc and Micah. We have Doc and Micah. The other teams don't. Cowboys have enough talent around this team that Doc can elevate the offense and Micah can elevate the defense. None of those other teams have those guys. And I think that that's going to be the key separator there. And I, I do think that the Cowboys win four to six games in the division next season. Like I think that they have such a stranglehold in this division and Doc has – such an, a good idea of how yeah. to play against these teams. And he's, right. he's not new to this either. Like you look, at a guy, you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts, like you can see when he played against the Cowboys, it was a completely different ball game for him. Both times that he's played them. It, yeah. It's just a different environment. Like those Eagles-Cowboys game now, I think that in the division, that's the best rivalry in the division. There's no doubt in my mind. Even though you know our true rivals are more like the Giants and uh, yeah. the Commanders, Right now, in ever since I would say the 2000s, Eagles and Cowboys have been the most competitive teams in this division consistently, even though the Giants did win two Super Bowls. Definitely. But I would say, like, consistently, like, they, there's been a, a, a rough stretch for the Giants where they have been flat out awful. That hasn't been the case for the Eagles or the Cowboys. And right. I think that there's a different aura that comes to those games that I don't think Jalen Hurts is ready for. And not only is he not ready for, he hasn't shown that he's ready for. And it's not even just against the Cowboys. Did Jalen Hurts beat a single playoff team last year? 
No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, and not only did they not beat a single playoff team, they didn't look competitive in any of those games. Like you, you look at that Tampa Bay game, Jalen Hurts was seeing ghosts out there. Yeah. So, and, and that's like, that's, that's a very important position. Like I did a TikTok video about it. I said, here's the gap between Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. Cause people are underestimating how big of a gap it is. I said, it is a huge gap. Jalen Hurts in two games against Tampa Bay last year, right? He played one at Lincoln Financial Field, one at Mm -hmm. Raymond James Stadium, Mm -hmm. had less yards, less completions, less touchdowns, a 49% and 49.5% completion percentage against Tampa. Okay, so in two games, he couldn't match the stats that Dak Prescott put up against Tampa Bay in one Dak Prescott yeah. threw for 403 yards, 42 yeah. completions, 58 attempts, 72.5% completion percentage, three touchdowns. I mean, that's the difference between Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And that's it's a massive gap between the two. So I definitely agree. I think that the Cowboys are certainly the favorites in this division. I think yeah. that, uh, you know, Philly is the 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 main team that everybody's talking about. And I think they've definitely Jordan improved. Davis. Jordan Davis what brings the, the conversation up. They they added Jordan Davis to the team. So but that- like uh, here's my thing. Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. Like that's why yeah. a, a lot of people are saying, well, look at that defense. Now they have Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. Um, none of those guys have played a game in the NFL yet. Not only have they not played a game, you want to know two guys who have played a game in the NFL. <laughs> oh, not only just played a game in the NFL. We're on the all pro team. Yes, in their sir. First two seasons. Trayvon yes, Diggs, Micah Parsons. Why aren't they talking about them? Why aren't they talking about the Cowboys defense? They're I, For some reason, they're not. They're talking about how great this Eagles defense is. I would say there's not a single elite player on that defense. I, I totally agree. Well, you know, and I've, I've, I've heard commentators talk about Jordan Davis uh, in some of the uh, past um, preseason games and how they were saying that he basically ran, he gassed out before the, you know, before the game was over, he was out of gas, like after the first quarter. So it's like, okay, this guy has a lot of, you know, a lot of strength, but the stamina is not there. So they've said that several times about, yeah, he's super strong, but he he doesn't have the stamina and he's not the conditioning to go through a four, uh, four quarter game. So something to think about. And, and, and that's why I just don't get the disrespect on Dallas. Like, to me, Micah is a guy who elevates your, your side of the defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, Micah is a guy who elevates your defense. You look at the Cowboys' defense without Micah Parsons, it's still a good defense. Like, it's still yeah. top 15. No right. doubt in my mind, like, it's still a top 15 defense. Mm-hmm. You add Micah, that's the guy that elevates the entire side of the ball. And I look at the Eagles' defense and I say – they have a good defense. They don't have that guy that elevates that no. that unit. No. They don't have a single guy like that, and the Cowboys do. So as long as Micah and Dak are healthy, I think they're going to win this division. And I think yeah. it could potentially be something like last season where they win it by multiple games. Like People really don't understand how wide the margin was between the Cowboys and every other team in the division. The Cowboys beat every team in the division by 20-plus points at least one time. Yep, so true. Every team. That was how big the gap was between those two. So our last uh, topic of the podcast is going to be two guys that 
are now most likely going to be released. Chuma Adoga is most likely going to get released from the Jets, mm-hmm. and Alex Leatherwood has been released from the Raiders. Are you interested in either of those guys? You know, I was a big fan of Leatherwood when he was at Alabama. I was I was more a fan of his as a guard. Well, now the Raiders drafted him as a tackle and basically had that hasn't worked for him. So if we could bring him in some kind of way and say, hey, we're going to probably bring you in to play guard or something like that, maybe. But I really think Tyler Smith is our best option. I really do. I don't – I mean, because if you look up uh, – what's his name? Um, Chuma. Chuma, he, you know, he's been in the league, but he hasn't really – actually stood out to is he one of those guys that can come in and say hey we're going to get Chuma to play the left tackle and we're going to move Tyler Smith I don't think so we're still taking a risk so if if we're going to slide Tyler Smith back in I think it'll be wise to get somebody that we know that that can hold that position and I just rather I personally would rather see Tyler Smith at that position than either one of these guys here that's just my opinion and and like here's my thing when it when it comes to Chuma Doga, I think that he's going to want to be a starter somewhere, and I don't think that the yeah. Cowboys are going to want to give up the money to no. go get him because Chuma Doga is still a young guy. Like he right. could definitely go to another team. Like he could go uh, to a team like the Jaguars or whatever it may be. Um, even though I know that they have two tackles over there mm-hmm. uh, that are solid, but I'm just I'm just bringing up an example. He could right. go to one of those teams, get paid a decent amount of money, and actually play. As far as Alex Leatherwood is concerned, I understand he was a first round pick and he has all the traits or whatever it may be. And I wouldn't mind if the Cowboys brought him in and maybe let him play guard. I mean, maybe not off the bat. Certainly, you would want to work him into the offense. Yeah, but right. I mean, there comes a certain point where you look at a guy and it's like. Great. He has the traits. He was a first round pick. He's just not it. He's just not it. But then the counter argument to that is this. Look at all the guys the Raiders have drafted in the first round over the past few years. Horrible. (laughs) Horrible. Look who their GM is. Uh, What's his name? Um, Mayock. Yeah, Mayock. Mayock. I mean, Mayock, what does Mayock know about football? I mean, I guess, but he hadn't been doing a a great job here these past few years. He has not at all. It's been terrible. So, like, I wonder what is it with the Raiders where they're not able to turn these draft picks into players? I mean, obviously, you have Derek Carr, who's turned into a very nice player, uh, Hunter Renfro and Khalil Mack a little ways ago. What is it with the Raiders that they're not turning these guys into players? Like, do you think it's from like a development standpoint? Because I think that's what it is. Because if you don't have a plethora of players on your team that you drafted and developed into good players, like that raises an eyebrow to me. So that's one reason why I look at Alex Leatherwood. And I wouldn't be opposed if the Cowboys went and got him. I mean, look what happened. They got Leatherwood as their first pick. He was their first pick. I'm like, there was too many other people there. And they got him the first. There was, it, I think, Leatherwood, Alex Leatherwood was their first pick. And I'm like, wow, this guy could have went. Pick, yep. Yeah, he was a first round pick. He could have went second or third, but they brought him in. And then they took him from his original position and made him a tackle. Who, this guy, it, he made, who he was Set made. 
Yeah. So, you know, he was he was had the position where he was great at and you took him away from that. And he's he's you set him up for failure. Well, and and that's the thing, right? So Will Steele from A to Z Dallas reached out to Duke Mannyweather and he asked about Alex Leatherwood. Duke Mannyweather said you put him in one position with a consistent coaching staff and yes, he'll be fine. Yes. So that I think that like Duke's opinion, I think weighs a little bit in the Cowboys front office yes. because what Duke has been able to do with a guy like Terrence Steele to where now Terrence Steele, y- you felt comfortable with re- replacing Lyle Collins for Terrence Steele. Like I think that Duke giving him his endorsement, I think that that could that could go somewhere in the Cowboys front office. Now, do I think they pick up Alex Leatherwood? I don't think so. And here's the reason yeah. why. Because they already have Connor McGovern. They mm-hmm. like Connor McGovern. I don't know why. Um, yeah. I mean, he's a good right guard. Yeah, he's okay. He, he, he's a good right guard. But the thing is, we already have a right guard. <laughs> uh, unless he gets injured, he ain't giving up that position. Right. Um, exactly. We have a right guard. He's a Hall of Famer. So, you know, Connor McGovern's a, a, a solid right guard on the left side, left guard. He hasn't shown much. And then you look at a kid like Matt Forniak, right? I thought Matt Forniak had a really good preseason. He did. I, I thought I he agree. had a Oh my gosh. This guy was moving to second level, man. I mean, he was moving to second level. I mean, he was had his motor was, I mean, he had a motor on him, man. He did. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and that's a, a topic. Let's, let's wrap up the, uh, the Chuma Doga and Alex leather. Okay. So we're not really I'm sorry. I, I got no, 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 no. Cause I want to go back to that topic, uh, Real quick, McGovern and Forniak. Let's wrap this up. So Chuma Doga, Alex Leatherwood, not interested in either. Uh, you know, now I wouldn't mind if we can get Alex here pretty cheap and make it a competition at that left guard. And I would love to, because, I mean, we know how strong Leatherwood is. And then you have uh, Tyler Smith. Man, that might. So I the- mean, that's the guy, Alex Leatherwood, out of the two. That's who you'd rather. Yeah, if I had to, yeah. I think I would okay. Alex, yeah. Okay, I kind of agree. Like, I wouldn't be upset if the Cowboys brought in Alex Leatherwood right. uh, and, and gave him a try because I, I just think, like, you look at the, the Raiders organization, I'm perfectly fine with giving Alex Leatherwood another chance. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with that just because of how inept the Raiders are with their uh, player <laughs> yeah. development. It's, it's I mean, terrible. It's, it's, it's sad. But something that we talked about, Connor McGovern, Matt Forniak, left guard. Would you be opposed to Matt Forniak playing left guard? Well, the way he played the center, man, I, I I wouldn't have a problem with them making it a competition. I'm I'm not sure who's better. I'm I'm and Forniak could be better than uh, Connor McGovern. Oh, a left guard, definitely. It's I mean, possible. Like, here, here's the thing, like. Connor McGovern's a backup guard, and people translate backup guard for swing guard. He's not yeah. a swing guard. I don't think right. he can play no. a swing guard. I, I don't think he's all that great on the left side. I don't think he's a great left guard whatsoever. I think that Matt Forniak is a legitimate swing guard. Not only do I think that he's a swing guard, I think he's your backup center as well. Right. So I, I saw the way that Tower Smith and Matt Forniak played next to each other in preseason. I'd be perfectly fine with the Cowboys giving Matt Forniak a try at left guard. Now, I don't think they're going to do it because you, – The backup center, right. Yeah, and not only just the backup center. I think that the Cowboys probably trust Connor McGovern a little more. I 
at left guard. I don't know why. Uh, he's shown like I look at the ceilings of the two: Matt Forniak and Connor McGovern. Right. Mm-hmm. I know what I have in Connor McGovern, and that is right. a below average left guard. That's going to be on your left side. Mm-hmm. Matt Forniak, I'm willing to bet on the ceiling because I've seen it. And not only that, like when you read reports about Matt Forniak, he's been in the weight room. He's been working with Duke Mannyweather. He's been really putting time in. So I would love to see Matt Forniak get a, a, a shot at left guard. And then at that point, what happens? You give Matt Forniak a shot at left guard and he turns out to be a good player. Now look at that offensive line. Look at that offensive line going in the future. You have a young offensive line on your hands. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I give all credit to to Will McClay, man. Will McClay don't get a lot of recognition, man. But this guy, he recognized talent. And we're talking about Fonyak. But uh, again, man, I watched uh, when we talk about him, I'm watching this guy in priest. I'm like, dang, this guy's moving this guy to second level. I mean, he's moving upfield with his with his. You know, See what off his assignments. Oh my too? gosh! I'm like, with Tyler Smith, I mean that running game in the preseason was effective. Oh, yes, yes, and, and a lot of it came from uh, running the football in between the uh, the gaps, a gap behind you know, Tyler, behind it, Tyler, behind Tyler, and Matt Forniak as well. Yeah, exactly. Two, I mean, like I took pictures of the holes that these guys <laughs> opened for the running backs. They were big. And yeah. I think that was a big reason as to why they were able to run the ball so effectively in preseason is because of Matt Forniak and Tyler Smith. So that's why I would love to see Matt Forniak get a chance and play left guard next to Tyler Smith. They they know each other. There's camaraderie there. So they're going to go with Connor McGovern, but I'd love to see them go with Matt Forniak. Yeah. Well, what about Matt Forniak versus Tyler Biotis? I think that that's a discussion to be had. However, I don't think it's a it's a it's a competition because if it was a competition, Tower Biotic would have gotten more snaps in preseason. But I you know, yeah. Tower Biotic is going into his third season. So this is the time where it's do or die. You know, like obviously they're gonna have another year with him, but it's either you take that next step or we kind of have to give up on Tower Biotic ever yeah. really breaking out. I think that there's potential for him to break out this season. He's another guy. He's been working with Duke Mannyweather. He seems to be a really hard worker, right. mm-hmm. smart guy. So I, I think that Tower Biotic could be the center of the future for the Cowboys. He just has yet to break out yet. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Sounds good, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm ready for the season to start. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm definitely excited, man. And I'm excited that you came on the podcast, Cowboys Beating Friends. Um, I definitely look forward to having you on again, most for definitely. Sure. And I'll I'll definitely have to hop on the Cowboys huddle sometime. Please do, man. Thank you for help having us having us and having me as well. Uh, we always appreciate you coming on. We appreciate everything that you bring to the table, man. And you know, I learn a lot from you just from the information that you put out there. I'm like, oh, I know that. But hey, I appreciate you. You're a great guy, man. And I'm wishing you best with your channel. And I'm sure we'll continue to uh, engage in one another's uh, live stream. So looking forward to it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So before we leave, make sure to plug your stuff so people know where to find you at. Okay. You Okay. Once again, you can find me on YouTube. It's called the Cowboy Huddle. You can find me on YouTube. You can also find me on TikTok. It's G underscore one Cowboy Fan. You, and that's on TikTok. So uh, you get a chance, just stop by and say hi. And uh, we appreciate you guys coming by. 
Definitely, definitely. So that has been it for the Cowboys Beat and Friends podcast. You can find me, Cowboys Beat, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch. Cowboys Beat Live tonight will be – I'm sorry, Cowboys Beat tonight will be live on Tuesday, September 6th. It's We're going to be live every Tuesday, Wednesday, every Tuesday following Cowboys Beat tonight. We're going to have Cowboys Beat head-to-head and then following uh, Cowboys Beat – tonight on Wednesdays. It's going to be the Chris and Rue show. So I'm really excited for everything that's coming to the channel. And I appreciate everybody for supporting uh, Cowboys beat. And I look forward to seeing you guys later and thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys beat and friends podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll see you next time on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network.